0: Hello, all you bookworms, and welcome to Oh, for the Love of Books, a show that gives you a bit of narration from the books I read or ones you suggest for me to read on my show. I'm your host, Jessica Vickery, and thank you for joining me on this journey. This is the next chapter in Lost Soul by Adam Wright, the first book of the Harbinger PI series. The main character is Alec Harbinger, who is a preternatural investigator, which means he's the guy you go to when your spouse gets bitten by a werewolf or your boyfriend is kidnapped by a demon. At least he was the guy until the Society of Shadows sent him to a sleepy town in Maine that had a rating of zero on the supernatural occurrence scale. Alec plans to spend his days sitting around the office drinking coffee, made by his new assistant, Felicity. Until a woman hires him to find out if her son has been possessed by a demon at a rich kid's party. And a young man comes into the office insisting he's been bitten by a werewolf. The supernatural occurrence scale jumps from zero to hero. Oh yeah, and someone in the society wants him dead. I guess it's time to sharpen the swords and get to work. Chapter 2 She sagged slightly against the doorframe. Oh dear, I didn't mean to. I've made a mess of this, haven't I? She leaned more heavily against the frame, and I wondered if she was going to faint. I rushed over to her and took her hand and shoulder, guiding her to one of the client chairs by the desk. Felicity was shaking her head and looking at the floor with tears in her eyes. She kept mumbling. I can't believe I'm so stupid. Take a seat. I said, pushing her gently into the chair. I sat on the edge of the desk. Would you like a drink of water or something? She shook her head, still staring at the green carpet. I'll be fine in a minute. Then she looked up at me with watery eyes and said, I'm sorry. Hey, don't worry about it. You were just doing what you were told to do. I don't hold it against you. What gave me away? She asked. Well, first there's the fact that I've never had an assistant before. I didn't even have one in Chicago so I doubt the society would think I'm going to need one working this small town. Then there's your accent. You're obviously from England, so that probably means you were sent here from the London headquarters. Why do I warrant an assistant all the way from headquarters? The answer is, I don't. Felicity nodded slowly. And another thing, I said. Since you're from London, I'm willing to bet that you were sent here by my father. She nodded again. I was assigned to you by the inner circle, but I was to report to your father directly, yes. A tear rolled down her left cheek when she spoke again, her voice cracked slightly. This is my first assignment, and I've ballsed everything up on my first day. The society will kick me out. She began to cry softly. I hate it when people cry in front of me. I never know what to do, and that makes me feel uncomfortable and helpless. Hey, hey, there's no need to cry. I said softly, I'll find you a tissue. I left the room and went into Felicity's office, where I found a box of Kleenex on her desk. When I returned, she had composed herself and was sitting up straight. Her eyes were still leaking, though. I handed her the box of tissues. Thank you, Mr. Hobbinger, she said, dabbing at her eyes. I'm very sorry to have done this to you. I was only following orders. Now I must return to London and inform the inner circle of my failure to carry out my duties. She got up and walked towards the door. Hey, wait, I said. You haven't done anything to me except give me coffee and apple bakes. I took a bite of one of the bakes. The sweet apple and cinnamon filling melted on my tongue. I said, These are delicious, by the way. She smiled, but there was still a look of despair in her eyes. Come and sit down, I suggested. We can talk about this. Slowly, she came back into the office and took a seat. I really don't know what there is to talk about, Mr. Harbinger. I told you, call me Alec. I said, I was going to add that old line, Mr. Harbinger is my father, but decided against it since she knew my father and he was the reason she was in trouble right now. Felicity threw her arms up in an exaggerated shrug. It doesn't really matter anymore, Alec. Our working relationship is over. When the society finds out i failed to stay undercover, they'll recall me to London. Maybe, I said, but first they'd have to find out. Besides, there's no way the inner circle could think I wouldn't figure out that you were here to spy on me. I think this is more of a case of them letting me know that they're watching me, in case I screw up again. She frowned at me. Screw up again? Oh, they didn't tell you why you were spying on me in the first place? They didn't mention Paris? Her frown deepened. Paris, France? I nodded. If they didn't mention it to you, don't worry about it. I certainly wasn't in the mood to go over all that again. I'd spent more than enough time explaining it to the inner circle under interrogation a few months ago. I don't know anything about Paris, she said. I was just told to come and work for you and send a report to headquarters once a month or more often if you behave strangely. I nodded. Yeah, that figured. It seemed to me that the inner circle led by my father had decided to use Felicity Lake as a pawn in a game that was being played between them and me. Even I didn't know what the game was. As far as I was concerned, I'd been questioned about the events in Paris and demoted from my office in Chicago to sleepy town Deermont. I thought that was the end of the matter, but the fact they'd sent someone to spy on me suggested otherwise. Felicity, I asked her. How good an assistant are you? She looked at me with a glint of pride in her moist eyes. I'm very good. I've been through the Society's three-year course, and I was hoping to become an investigator like yourself. As you know, that requires at least a year working with a fully-fledged investigator. Ah, I said understanding now. And that's how they sold you on this job. They told you that the time you spent working with me and spying on the side would count towards your time in the field. She nodded. Here's the thing, I said. Through no fault of your own, you've been dragged into this game the society are playing with me. Now we both know that your cover has been blown, but the people who sent you here don't know that. So if you still want to be my assistant and spend time in the field, that's fine with me. Her eyes widened and a small smile spread across her mouth. Really? But what about sending reports to your father? I shrugged. Send them as normal. I don't expect much to happen around here anyhow. Felicity's hand flew to her mouth and her eyes shot to the clock on the wall. Miss Robinson! Miss Robinson? I had no idea what she was talking about. Your client. She'll be here soon. I have to get everything ready. I followed her eyes to the clock. It wasn't even eight yet. I thought you said she was coming at nine. She is. She said getting up. So she won't be here for another hour. Still, I need to prepare the reception area and make more coffee and fix my makeup. Okay, I said. I guess I couldn't blame her for being nervous on her first day. So you go do that and I'll hang around here. She nodded and scuttled to the door. Before she went out, she turned back to me and said, Thank you. Before I could reply, she disappeared into the hallway. I sat in the big leather chair behind the desk and swiveled the seat from side to side a few times, surveying my new office. It would take me some time, but I could probably get used to this place. Rolling the chair over to the window, I peered out at Main Street. The sun was up now and the street was busy with people opening up their businesses or just strolling along the sidewalk. Some of them had rolled newspapers tucked under their arms and teakout coffee in their hands. Bringing my own coffee and apple bakes over to the window, I ate breakfast and watched Dearmont come to life. That might be overstating things. Sure, the traffic increased and a few townsfolk wandered along the sidewalk, but this was hardly Chicago. I wondered what preternatural problem Miss Robinson could possibly have in a place like this. Obviously, I knew enough not to judge the town by its outward appearance. Dark secrets and creatures sometimes lurked in the most innocent-looking places. But I could usually sense those things, and Deermont not only looked like a sleepy town, it felt like it to my innermost senses, too. Sure, there could be a haunted house somewhere in the area, maybe even a ghoul or two at the cemetery. Those damn things got everywhere. But I had a hunch that Dearmont was a dead zone as far as preternatural activity went. I really needed to stop trusting in my hunches so much. So what drew me to this book was the subject... I love anything that is paranormal or out of the norm. I read a lot of books that are far from reality as possible. Especially books with ghosts in them, because I believe in ghosts. I also like reading fantasy and some science fiction. Mystery and thrillers are on the list, too. Well, really. I don't think there is a genre that I don't like. And my ideal job is audiobook narration, which is what I'm working towards. Now I just need to start a business that I can do to complement the audiobook narration job. That way I have the time to spend prepping the books to narrate and doing what I need to do. Well, that concludes my episode for today. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to me talk. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like my podcast, please subscribe to my show or send me an email to at outlook.com. that's j-e-s-s-v-i-c-v-o-i-c-e at outlook.com with suggestions of books for me to read on the show. Thank you again, and please join me next week on Oh, for the Love of Books. And as always, dream big and keep reading.